podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's gone. Welcome on, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are now on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. <clears throat> and it is bowl season, everyone. That is right. It's bowl season and we're a part of it. Once again, for back-to-back seasons, uh, we are going to a bowl. Right? This is the first time the Texas Tech is going to back-to-back bowls uh, since the 2013-2014 season. Uh, or year, I should say. So I guess was that 2012, 2013 season, whatever. It's this New Year's are affecting me. It's about to be a new. It's about to be 2023. All right, I gotta get this. I gotta get my head on straight here. But to talk about the Texas Bowl that Texas Tech is in, I had to bring on the people champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What is up, Germ? The hardest thing about every year, the hardest thing about going into the new year, outside of keeping your resolutions for longer than a month, is remembering to write the new number. By far one of the most annoying things about the beginning of a new year, I will consistently sign 2022 probably until February. And that's going to be as somebody who works for, you know, somebody who works for the state and I'm always I'm always signing stuff. Oh, it's going to kill me. As that was like when you're in grade school, right? In grade school, that's the, the main thing you did is the first day back, everybody, everybody puts 20 the, the previous year on that first day back it takes about a week usually because you're doing on so many things maybe a month maybe till valentine's day where you tell your significant other i love you this year now now i'm now i'm ready to turn the page on the year my 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 english teacher mrs blacksmith from fifth grade is probably still having like night terrors about my inability to finally switch you know the fact that i remember her name I was a plague, a scourge on that woman's uh, mental health, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get, I, I mean, absolutely you were, I'm sure. You're a, you're a plague on me every time we're doing these podcasts. But um, before we move on, before we talk about the bowl, uh, we, we have not got the opportunity and the chance to really talk about the fact that Mike Leach has passed away. The Pirate, the greatest head coach, in, football coach in Texas Tech history, has passed away at a ripe young age. And uh, Jeremy, you know, I want to I wanted to get an opportunity for you to kind of talk about some some memories of the 2000s Texas Tech team and, and some of the things that you loved during Mike Leach's tenure and about Mike Leach in general. So it, it was great because um, I was really I grew up playing soccer and being a big soccer guy and fo- the early 2000s were kind of when I got introduced to college football. And for me, you know, seeing certain teams, so a lot of my family, um, you know, Louisiana, so big LSU. And that's just a kind of grounded pound team in the early 2000s. Nothing really flashy, nothing crazy. Um, so to see a team like Mike Leach's Texas Tech Red Raiders, first of all, for that name to pop up in any serious conversation, and then to watch what that team was doing early on, uh, they they say that the man was a genius and you know there's certainly a lot to that especially the identifiers of him just being quirky like the fact that nobody else really understood what he was doing and he was okay with that and he just kind of fell straight into it um just redefine the game redefine the way that i understood football could be played and i think a lot of people understood that football could be played i mean if you think about 
the tree of coaches that spawned off of the Mike Leach era that we are that are still influencing the game. Like he has had a a direct impact on the way that college football is played, on the way that defenses are structured. Um, and he's got his hands are his hands are literally everywhere in the sport. You know, from USC to uh, now LA to La Tech. I mean, he's all over the place with his influence. So just an incredible an incredible mind. That has been, if he's not honored in a college football hall of fame, an incredible mind who's being honored through his like uh, his students of sorts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and actually, that goes all the way to the NFL, right? The Arizona Cardinals uh, with Cliff Kingsbury. So I, uh, I'll take kind of take it similar to how you did it um, in the mid two thousands. Right for me, I grew up a Texas fan. I'm from Houston, and if you, anybody from Houston, you know, there's really only two college football teams in Houston. That's Texas and Texas A and M. That's it, right? So nobody really cares about U of H. Nobody really cares about any other school outside of those two. And you choose one of those two. So I was a Texas fan growing up until I was like, you know what? I don't really want to go to Texas for school. I'd rather go to this school out in West Texas and have fun. And I remember during the 2000s, I was always all about, uh, um, man, that Texas Tech team is so fun and quirky. Like that, that, that team, like they could put up a hundred on you at any moment. And so anytime Texas played Texas Tech, it was always like, man, they could, they could score. You got to watch out for them. They're a good team. They could score. They had those those three years. We had fifth-year seniors every year. You had the crazy pirate, right? He was on Friday Night Lights for an episode. Like, there was all types of stuff. And then I decided to go to that crazy school, right? And the atmosphere and the fun that was around Mike Leach that time when every single seat in the stadium was full, packed out, pirate flags everywhere. Halloween was crazy. Everybody wearing pirate regalia, right? It was, it was awesome. It was fantastic. And he brought a lot of that to it. He... He energized the fan base. The fan base wanted it. Even so much so that when he got fired, the first protest I ever went to in my life was a protest to get Mike Leach's job back. Right? That was so it was he, he was absolutely incredible. He was an incredible man, incredible mind for college football. He's a genius, which is interesting considering his 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 quirkiness and some of the things he was saying in in, in uh, press conferences. But um, also he won everywhere right like texas tech washington state and mississippi state are not world beaters they're not world beaters right there are three programs that are kind of middle tier that hired this wacky guy for his wacky ideas thinking who knows maybe he can get us up and he did it at all three places and it's amazing especially at washington state getting washington state which is arguably the worst program in division one fbs at the time power five program anyway to being a pac 12 contenders is nothing short of a miracle, right? And so, um, and then Mississippi State, who knows what he would have been able to do there. So it's 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 unfortunate that he passed. Um, long live the pirate, and and it's it's uh it's it's you know sad to see him go, sad to see him uh, uh out of there. So, um, yeah, I mean R.I.P. R.I.P. to the pirate. So, um, with that, Texas Tech did beat Mississippi State last year in the bowl game. Uh, so kind of coincidental that Mike Leach's last bowl game uh, went up against Texas Tech, his former team, uh, broke the pirate curse, as we as we fondly called it for a while now. And now we play another Mississippi team, another team. And the others. And I feel like it's only right, Jeremy, the Texas Tech has to beat the other Mississippi team for Mike Leach. We got to do it for him. He would only, only way he would want it to for that to happen. But it, interesting, we almost didn't get to play Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl. As the rankings show, as the standing show in the Big 12, right, uh, Texas Tech is firmly in fourth place in the Big 12 standings, right? There's no, it's not a tie. It's not anything like that. We are firmly in fourth place in the Big 12. Now, the way the bowl selection works is, of course, you have 
a certain order, a certain pecking order. And the Big 12 is really simple, is that it really all it is, it's not necessarily a direct correlation to where you finish in the standings, where you're going to go to the bowl. It's that bowl gets to choose, it's the order the bowl gets to choose the teams from the Big 12 they pick, right? So TCU went to the college playoff. That gives us another New York Six Bowl. Um, Kansas State gets to go and and uh, they actually get the joy of playing Alabama in their, in their New York Six Bowl, right? Uh, the next one is Alamo Bowl. They, of course, chose Texas, who came in third in the conference. Well, like I said, Texas Tech at five and four in the conference is firmly in fourth place, right? So next up is the Cheez-It Bowl. Now, the Cheez-It Bowl does not have to choose Texas Tech, but by just good nature, usually bowls just choose the next one for good matchups. You want to match up as as like teams as possible um, as far as a level of play. And then also for goodwill, for goodwill with the conference. Cheez-It Bowl said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to pick the fourth number four team. Right. So, yeah, okay. So even if you say, okay, you're not going to pick the number 14, but why don't you just pick the team that has the same overall record? That's one game less or Oklahoma State. That would make, and you know, I'd, I'd be upset about it, but it would make at least some sense. No, I'm not going to pick Oklahoma State. Okay. Okay. What about Baylor? Baylor last year, all now they're in sixth place, but they went to the Big 12 championship game. Last, they won the Big 12 last year, right? They, they are a talented team. I'll be sure stupidly picked them to win the Big 12 this year. So you could pick them, right? No, no, didn't pick Baylor either. Instead, they picked, the seventh place Oklahoma Sooners to go, and and I get it. Oklahoma is a bigger brand. They they make more money. It's they're going to be playing Florida State and, and all that other stuff. I get all of that. This team is six and six. So the team's not good. Texas Tech beat Oklahoma. The team is not. They're not good. They're simply not good. And yet you said, eh, forget all that. We want the brand of Oklahoma. We want the, we're gonna gonna burn some sort of goodwill, and it's something that I think the Big Twelve really other conferences do it. SEC does it all the time. The Big Twelve should have stepped in and said, "No, you're not gonna do this." It, it's an interesting. It is a really interesting development, right? Because when you're looking at the Cheez It Bowl, I mean, because they're playing um, who they got? It's Florida State, and first of all, we caught a lot of flack from Florida State fans there for a little bit. It was really funny. Um, so that would have been a great, I mean, it was clearly an opportunity for, you know, you can create that tension. Um, Florida State fans were clearly already in it, in the, in the like mindset of like, okay, it's going to be Texas Tech because this is the history behind this, uh, this bowl selection. It's, it's baffling to me. Like at what point I understand like the brand narrative for me, it's really confusing. Like at what point does the brand narrative lose its luster? Because, like, I know Oklahoma is still Oklahoma, um, but they did not perform well this season. They have a lot of things going, like, not their way. Um, they are moving to the SEC. So I'm wondering if, like, cheese people in the cheese ball are like, wow, what a really good opportunity for us to kind of nab a team as they're transitioning out of the Big 12 into the SEC. Um, but even then, it's still, like, it, it that, that's on shaky ground for me. I think that you miss an opportunity for a really exciting game uh, between a ranked Florida State team um, and a you know close to ranked Texas Tech team versus like an Oklahoma team is probably not even sniffing the top forty. Um, so it's fascinating to me. It's just uh, we 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 missed out. Yeah, not that they we're in a bad bowl. No, but no, we missed out. Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like brand wise, it, it looks good. Oklahoma versus Florida State. It looks it looks great, and I, and I and I get it. I do get it. Right. Um, the game though 
Florida State's likely going to win. Oklahoma's not a good team. There's just simply not a good team. <clears throat> and so Florida State should handily, handily win the game. The game's not really going to be a good game. I think it's one of those things where the Big 12 has to step in, right? And I think it's one of those things that that's where you see it in the SEC do it all the time. <clears throat> you see the ACC does it occasionally as well. But, like, stepping in and saying, no, we have to stick by this. Because if I am Texas Tech, I'm saying we got screwed in this scenario and it's kind of messed up that we're not going to be able to play. Apparently, the players are really looking forward to going to Orlando for some odd reason. Orlando as a city kind of sucks. But but the players are really looking forward to it, right? Um, it was a way for them, and I was explaining this kind of offline. It was really a way to, to, to give credit and kudos to the team for having such a good season, for having that five and four conference record, for being for having a decent a good season of saying, hey, this is your reward. You get to go to a cheese bowl which would have been – the the one of the I think the 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 highest rated bowl tech's been to since 08. right like that that's it what it so that's that's in itself is something else we haven't been to a gate bowl game higher ranked than the Texas Bowl since 08, where we win the Cotton Bowl and so <clears throat> so that really would have been a good thing a good way to to really usher in the new era but flip side like you said Texas Bowl wanted tech let me tell you something even if. Even uh, from what I, what I what I understand, this is rumors. Uh, but even if TCU didn't get the college football playoff, Texas Bowl was gonna was then gonna be the 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 bowl that was gonna have that fourth pick. They were gonna choose Tech regardless of what happened. Like they there wasn't gonna be any passing over Texas Tech for Oklahoma or anybody else. They wanted Texas Tech. So when Jesus Bowl passed up on Texas Tech, they were like, "Yes, thank you." Because guess what? We sell the place out. I've been to the Texas Bowl now. Um, if I go to this one, this will be my third or fourth time watching Texas Tech play in the Texas Bowl, and we've sold it out every single time, right? And so, um, we, they're gonna sell it out. Ole Miss also, a lot of Ole Miss grads are in Houston or close to Houston. They're gonna sell it out. It's gonna be a packed game and a good game. Texas Tech versus Ole Miss. It's just unfortunate that the Cheese Bowl did something they shouldn't have been able to do. So, let's get into that game, Jeremy. Texas Tech, Ole Miss, um. The new age air raid in a way, Lane Kiffin doesn't necessarily do the air raid like Leach does, but it's kind of, he does a, a widespread, right? He spreads it, he spreads his, his players out. It's very up-tempo, it's very fast-paced, and guess what Killy likes to do? Spread receivers out and play in a fast-paced, up-tempo style, right? Um, both defenses are better than expected. This will be a very interesting and exciting game, I'm, but difference between this year and 2023, at last time, we were in the Texas Bowl in 2017, is that I believe Texas Tech can win. <laughs> yeah. 2017, we were going against Leonard Fournette and LSU, and I'm like, ah, dang, listen, Pat, do what you can do, but this ain't going to come into a W. And, and the game ended up exactly what I thought it would be, how I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, though, it's not necessarily that Ole Miss isn't as good as that LSU team was, but that this Texas Tech team is a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wanted to say that, you know, even though we missed out on the Cheez-It Bowl and the Florida State fans are probably great and all that, Ole Miss is a fantastic university for, like, their fandom. Um, Ole Miss, like, Ole Miss fans are nuts. They do travel well. It's very much a Texas Tech of the SEC. I don't know if it's, like, a good one-for-one one there, but it's got to be really close. Um Ole Miss is a school that just likes to get rowdy and make waves. Now, they've been doing it a lot more consistently lately, especially in football. They've been a little bit more consistent. Like, they've been consistently challenging better teams. Um, And that is, like, at the discretion of Lane Kiffin, right? But to see Ole Miss and Texas Tech come together, I know those Texas Bowl, the committee was like, oh, hell, we got another, like, decent SEC team and this Texas Tech team. Two teams with – they're going to sell this place out. Like, this – tickets one week and we're out i promise you that and so that's an easy bill of sale um 
Yes, this is a different different tech. This is a different matchup than the last one, right? Texas Tech LSU. I was at that one. Uh, I think you said that you were at that one. Leonard Fournette, just just incredible. But I mean, that's kind of where a lot of people. That man's messy. There's there's a, a lot of people learned about who Patrick Mahomes was in that game because at that point it was like ah, Big Twelve teams, Big Twelve, Big Twelve, Big Twelve teams. But now he's running and gunning over an SEC team that was supposed to have one of the best defenses in their conference, and. Um, yeah, this is going to be – I think this is going to be – I have not allowed myself to get excited about this game yet. Um, I've been watching a couple other bowl games and just trying to do the whole Christmas thing. But, I I mean, by the time we publish this, tomorrow, Wednesday, like we're going to be face-to-face with a really good SEC team, a really popular coach, um, all eyes on Houston. And Texas Tech has a chance to win it here. There are a couple of things I'm worried about. But we definitely have a bigger chance in this one than we did in the last. So what are you worried about? Tell, tell it to us. I want to know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the main thing I'm worried about is missing Tyree Wilson. Um, Ole Miss has a really good rushing attack between Evans and Judkins. Um, those two guys have been doing it really well for them throughout the year. I think if Ole Miss can kind of crack the code of the way that, and here's where Tim DeRuiter kind of reduces some of my anxiety, but if they can crack the code of being able to squash any crush, like any line crushing or any kind of downhill blocking, um, that's going to be really problematic because those are those are really good uh Really good rushing attack. Really, I should say, creative rushing attack from Ole Miss that has kind of kept them in a lot of games throughout the year. And so, even though we've been doing good against the run all season, this is a, a dynamic running team um, who likes to create a little bit of create a little bit of uh, trust that the offense is going to run, and then they come out with the pass. So they've been doing what we like to do really well. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, this is kind of a very similar team to Texas Tech. It just looks a little. It's got a little bit of SEC flavor. Yeah, Quinshawn Judkins, their running back. That man's good. Hey, <laughs> hey, here, here it comes. Once again, we are facing a a seminal, a, pre, a premier running back. Oh, yeah, once again. <laughs> what can we do? Yeah, that, nah, that boy's good. That boy's good right there. Yeah. So good. Remember Zach Evans from TCU last year? Remember how he was an amazing running back? Remember how he yeah. was this, that, and the other? And he was like, man, TCU's not featuring me enough, so I got to go to the SEC and show them what I'm made of. <laughs> Quinshawn yeah. Judkins says, sit down, man. You're my backup. <laughs> That's how good he yeah. is. I mean, Zach Evans has played well. Like, it's not like he's been a trash at all for Ole Miss. He, he's still a good, he's still a good, yeah, running, still a good back. running back. He's going to play in this game, and so there's, there's some familiarity there. Unfortunately, last time we played against Zach Evans, TCU ran literally all over us. Um, yeah. With him and Kendra Miller. But, huh. yeah, Quinshawn Judkins is, is – man, he's a beast. He's a beast, and he does make Jackson Dart, the quarterback for Ole Miss, his life a lot easier. Now, I will say with Jackson Dart, Jackson Dart can't throw a pick or two. I will say that 18 touchdowns to eight interceptions on the season. He can throw a pick or two, right? Um, but he can also launch that thing, 2,600 yards on the season. Um, and so he, they have, like like we were talking about, a very dynamic offense. Um, some some studs as well overall. Malik Malik Heath, Jonathan, Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo is a guy that we may see on Sundays. Um, he, he's a really good player. Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade. Like, so – they have players, they have guys, and of course you have Lane Kiffin's offense running and gunning. So this will be a very interesting matchup in general. I mean, what you kind of talked about missing Tyree Wilson, and I will say they've done a really good job as far as limiting that that just how bad we're going to miss him. Unfortunately, one of the guys that was doing a good job of limiting that, Philip Bleedy, is no longer on the team. He did he did decide to enter in the transfer portal. He'll be playing at what, Indiana, playing at Indiana next year, I believe. 
And so, you know, what are what are some ways now without Bleedy, without uh, Tyree Wilson, that the defense can hold guys like Dart, like Judkins, like Evans, like Mingo, like Heath? Man, so it is tough. Now with the transfers kind of flowing in here at the end, a lot of a lot of interesting transfers for Texas Tech, uh, but transfers all the same. You know who's going to be playing, who isn't going to be playing in the in the bowl game, and I think you know some confidence that you can have going into this game, especially against the rushing attack, is going to be uh, Jalen Hutchins, Tony Bradford. I mean, they have been solid for you up front all season long, and I don't think that that's going to change uh, at all. You do have you do have a couple of core pieces, defensive back. Uh, your couple couple of defensive backs that are going to be able to um, kind of clean things up. This, but here's the thing: is that you know, and it's kind of this SEC flavor again of this offense. I, I'm worried about what kind of offense Lane Kiffin is bringing because remember that Lane Kiffin was kind of like the offensive mastermind in at Alabama. Um, he, no matter how he and Saban kind of exited things, like Kiffin was, uh, should have been probably in his mind kind of next in line to head up Alabama whenever, if ever, Nick Saban uh, would step down. Um, the guy is kind of like, uh, who knows? Um, so Lane Kiffin is no slouch when it comes to, I know we've gotten used to this narrative, like Zach Kittley's like, hey man, this guy's the offensive mastermind, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of falling apart throughout the year, right? And you're kind of getting settled into a new team and all that uh, with, the, with the triple quarterback option, whatever. Um, Lane Kiffin's been there. He's been that dude. He's been the creative mind uh, all around the SEC, which has a little bit more complicated defensive schemes than the Big 12 is used to. So I'm interested to see what Lane Kiffin is going to come and bring to the team, uh, bring to the table when he's facing Texas Tech. Because I think, you know, Lane Kiffin's a good enough coach to recognize, okay, Texas Tech has been playing really well this season, and this is how they've been dominating teams defensively. And for for us... um, that can be a not good thing. You know, that can be a not good thing. Finally getting attention, finally getting the respect defensively, uh, you know, get somebody who's going to actually pay attention to that and adjust to it. That can spell a lot of disaster. But I think if you're looking for me, it's got to start with some little uh, like solid line play between Hutchins and Bradford. They do a really good job at clamping down on offensive lines, do a really good job at like mitigating uh, gash plays up the middle, um, which Again, Zach Evans has proven that the middle has been a big issue for Texas Tech over the past couple, uh, you know, for a while. Um, do we have that cleaned up? How does that change the game uh, on Ole Miss's standpoint? And then your defensive back play has been better than you could have asked for this year. If we can maintain that against, uh, again, more good wide receivers, which we've faced a lot of really good wide receivers this year. Uh, we've done a pretty good job at mitigating them for the most part. Uh I, I'm a little less anxious about the defensive side of things, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so I, I, earlier I said that Phil Bleedy transferred to Indiana. Uh, it doesn't seem like he actually did. He's, he's still undecided, uh, apparently. But um, all great points. I, I do think it'll be interesting going up against them on, in the secondary, right? Because we are missing some piece in the secondary. Another transfer out, Reggie Pearson. Who just committed to Oklahoma? Actually, as I'm as I'm reading this as we're recording, just committed to Oklahoma, so that'll be interesting, uh, playing him next year. But Reggie Pearson's not there anymore, so I think it's a big chance for another guy that transferred to us last year, Tyler Owens, to really step up in that space and see what. Let's see what he can do. I, I've been a big fan of Reggie Pearson. Um, not not everybody in the fan base has been. I think with every mistake Pearson has made, he's come back tenfold with a big hit here or an interception here. But can Tyler Owens do that? Tyler Owens this year hasn't really been uh, a guy that's made noise in the secondary, but he's been good for a good hit or two. And so it'll be interesting to see what he does in this game and what is should be, right, his last 
game of his career. <laughs> and I say it should be right because I don't, I don't know how many years these players we have don't know. anymore. <laughs> like, like, this whole COVID year has completely, like, thrown me for a loop. There are people announcing they're coming back for another year. And, I was, and I'm like the Grinch. And uh, you people are still living? <laughs> when, he's, when he sees his moms come up? Um, that's how every time somebody puts an, uh, an announcement out, like, coming back for another year, I'm like, how? How is this possible? How can how does Reggie Pearson have another year to transfer to Oklahoma? I had no Honestly, idea. He's yeah. been here for two years. Like stuff like that. I'm like, I, I so COVID year has completely thrown me off. I don't know how many years people have anymore. You just just one day I wake up, the new seasons arrived, and they're not here. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Their eligibility after 20 seasons has finally ran out. Uh, we, yeah. So yeah, I, I I don't know, but uh, but Tyler Owens, which I think is his final game. Uh, hopefully can step up in a big way. Malik Dunlap announced he's coming back for another year. Um, yeah, so, that's huge. So, so he has another year, apparently. Um, so, And then Muddy Waters, I think, is also in his final season as well. Mm, don't quote me, but I think he is as well. So I think that secondary, I think that secondary has a lot of guys that will be playing in their last games, um, or at least the last game of the season until their eighth year. Uh, but... It'll be interesting to see what they do in this matchup. I think Malik Dunlap has a lot still to prove. I think I think Malik Dunlap, to me, and I kind of went on a tangent a bit, but Malik Dunlap, Rayshad Williams, and De'Adrian Taylor-Demerson are three guys that are saying, you know what? I could play the next level. This is my opportunity to show it. I, I think one thing that a lot of the times we don't take advantage of is that, let's face it, Right, people watch the Big Twelve, but not all the times the scouts watch the Big Twelve. Not all the times the scouts look at everything and see, okay, how you doing, all, all this other stuff. It's a big reason why a lot of the t- we see so many tech players rise in the draft boards because scouts then start watching tape and they're like, oh my god, Pat Mahomes is incredible. Oh my god, Tyree Wolf. This time, have you heard about this Tyree Wilson kid? He's amazing, right? And so Eric Izukanma, right? Oh my, did you see this guy? Oh, he's great because they just finally get around to the tape. But with Pat Mahomes, and you, you mentioned it earlier in this episode. Um, he got drafted off of the LSU game. That's why he was a top 10 pick, off of the LSU game. The LSU game happened. Though we lost, he balled out. And I think a lot of these guys, like Rayshad Williams, like Malik Dunlap, like Dajun Taylor-Damerson, um, like Jalen Hutchins, right, like Krishan Merriweather, that may be saying, man, this is my shot to prove that I can play at the next level, I got to go out there and ball out. They did it last year against Mississippi State. I think that was good. But Ole Miss, a little bit, we talked about brands earlier with the whole Oklahoma thing, but a little bit bigger of a brand, a little bit higher notice, uh, doing it against a Lane Kiffin offense will, will make some ways in, for that next level. And I think some of these guys kind of know that. They kind of know that. And so, um, real big tidbit before I pass it back on over to you. Uh, talk about Philip Bleedy you know, getting the transfer and who is filling in on his side as that pass rusher helping out Josiah Pierre. I have to say the name because I got it wrong before, and he, he corrected me on it. So Joseph Adedire is the other edge that's going to be filling in for Philip Bleedy. And listen, I think this is the beginning of the of, of great things. I, I I mentioned last year when we were talking about uh, signing day. I he was one of my favorite people that we had committed. Right, he committed almost immediately after uh, Joey McGuire got the job, and he's already played a few games this year. I don't know if he's played past the four games for him to be registered or not. Either way, doesn't matter. He's going to be amazing. Uh, you can already kind of pencil him as a starter for next year. It's kind of this is kind of his entrance into being that starter, um, and I'm I'm very excited to see Joe Adedire, uh ball out. Yeah, I don't hear it. Flew into our DMs uh, <laughs> to make sure that the pronunciation was on hey, point. Quick, and I respect. I respect it, it too. Hey, if we get listen, listen, we if we get your name wrong, <laughs> please let us know. <laughs> yes, we, don't let us look like yes, fools. We, more than we are. Yes, please let us know. But go ahead. 
Oh, but I like that. I like that. I think that you know, kind of this, especially since Tyree Wilson plays such kind of a, such a dynamic spot. Um, you're looking at you know who can really kind of fill that, and especially on the other side with like Philip Bleedy is like okay, it's gonna be the next guy, but okay, maybe not. Um, who is gonna be? And I, I do like the uh, I, I do like the Joseph pick. I think that <laughs> I know I, I bailed out really quickly because I was like as soon as I, as soon as I think about it, I'm gonna get it wrong. Um, you know, I think there are some people kind of further down the row. If you think about like Vidal Scott, somebody who could be really working in a lot more. Um, I am blanking on his name. No, no. Because uh, I Eldridge uh, can move up. I think that something that really is is powerful about this defensive structure that linebackers oftentimes get pushed into the. Uh, defensive end area and then get used as a defensive end like this kind of like and I can't remember what we call it um, but whatever linebacker position it is uh, which is kind of where he plays now but like seeing him get integrated more I think that the the good thing about this defense is that it, it's kind of like a they I mean they do talk about next man up but it's almost like ah shoot we lost this piece so let's kind of just shift it and yeah. it still works um, if that makes sense to anybody out there, yeah, but it's yeah. like you can move Kozai into that spot and he's still massively effective Very- right it, it, he I mean, no, he's very, fantastic. he's very versatile, right? He's very versatile. We've seen him play that, that uh, uh, Roger position, right? That outside blitzing linebacker. We've seen him really recently, last few weeks, as a weak side backer, um, helping out Krishan Merriweather right there in the middle, and then he's excelled at both spots. We've seen him in coverage, right? And so I think, I think Eldridge is absolutely extremely versatile player. So we've we've kind of talked about the defense and ways that they can kind of help slow down the Lane Kiffin offense. But now it's time for our guys. What can we do on offense? All right, now. Um, they haven't really announced who the quarterback's going to be in this game. It should be Tyler Shuck um, by all, all intents and measures, and I think that's that's the, the thinking. Um, but they haven't technically announced it. Uh, we do know it won't be Donovan Smith, who he did enter in the transfer portal and has already committed to the University of Houston, which Houston is going to be in the Big 12 next year. So, you know, for, for all those of us that um, condemn players that go in conference, this technically is leaving in conference. So, uh, but But either way, uh, so Talishek should be the quarterback here. Um, I'm excited for that. That's been I've been except for one week, except for one week, <laughs> I've been on the Talishek train, and so he should be um, he should be the quarterback for this going forward. So Roderick Thompson and what is his final game? Uh, and Taj Brooks should be the main running backs there. And as far as receivers, Miles Price, X White, uh, Trey Cleveland, Rand Bradley, JJ Sparkman, Log Fungi, an embarrassment of riches that have had a month to prepare for this game. I mean, what do you expect from this offense? Yeah, I, so I think that well, you bring up a good point. This is going to be a lot of um, people's kind of last rides into the sunset, at least people who have been really predominant for us on the offensive side. So Roger Thompson, man, I mean, this is a guy who's really given a lot to uh, to this team. I mean, he's worked his way up, and he's he's grounded out every chance he's got. I'm like, this, this is a kid who gives it his all, uh, especially towards the end of the games. I'm, I am interested. I will say that much. Um Mississippi has had kind of an interesting uh, Ole Miss, excuse me, uh, has had just an, kind of an interesting season defensively. Um, they're 68th, I think they're 68th ranked overall uh, in the um, in Division One. If you look at their season, they've kind of have they've kind of had an awkward uh, winning against you know winning against teams that they should right, and then kind of looking uncharacteristic against teams that they. I mean, better teams, I guess I should say. It's been a weird season for Ole Miss. And so for me, what I'm thinking about 
it, we were talking about, you know, okay, Lane Kiffin, he's a creative mastermind, and he's going to be playing a defense that is deserving of respect. Uh, Ole Miss has had a couple of games this season where they've kind of given up off uh, defensively. I mean, they had the they were on a really good roll. Like they were what, one, two, three, seven, eight, eight and zero. Oh. Um, excuse me, seven and zero. Oh. Uh, and then they lose to LSU like 45-20. They had not given up that many points all season. Um, the closest they got was against a good Auburn team. And then they just go ahead and give up 45 and don't even score. I mean, they can barely get a touchdown to save their life. And then, you know, they went against A&M. They seem to get back on track. And then they lose three straight. You know, you lose to Alabama, uh, and that was a pretty close game. But then you let Arkansas run all over you. And then you ended up uh, losing in the Egg Bowl. Uh, good for uh, good for Coach Leach, um, but you lose you lose in the Egg Bowl, twenty four twenty two. You can't again. You can't get a touchdown to save your life. Um, for Texas Tech, I think you've had of for the most part, um, or at least looking at it in the grand picture with your round robin of quarterbacks, you've had a more productive season offensively, and a lot of that does come down to the consistency in. So Roderick Thompson, Taj Brooks, Cameron Valdez when he's come in a couple of times, right? But then your 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 wideouts and your wideouts with um, uh, Bradley, Xavier White, Miles Price when he's healthy, Nehemiah Martinez making a name for himself this season. You've had a lot more. You've had a lot of dynamic players step up and stay consistent despite the problems at quarterback. Despite the not problems, but despite the diversity at quarterback, that's really hard to do. That is incredibly hard to do uh, for a team. So I think Zach Kitley, though I give him crap, and depending on how, um, I'm going to be honest, depending on how our boy uh, Donovan Smith does at Houston, I <laughs> I have a meme in the chamber for that. Um, but if he does well, I'll be pissed. Zach Kitley knows how to utilize things, for the most part, knows how to utilize things that he has in the chamber and has made a pretty consistent offense with it. And so... Um, what it's for me, it becomes what Ole Miss defense is going to show up, right? So, I mean, what Ole Miss is it going to be the Ole Miss that allows Arkansas to go out and probably have their best game of the season, 42 27, or is it going to be the Ole Miss that keeps a seventh ranked Kentucky um, to 19 points in a game? Uh, it's like the their defensive inconsistencies are kind of very. Old old Texas Tech, you know, 2000, uh, 2000, late 2000, the 2010s Texas Tech were like, oh, we can have a really good defensive game that's good for us. And then we can go out and lay a massive egg. Um, I don't know, man. There's not a lot of things going on in this Ole Miss defense that give me a bunch of fright. I'm also, I'm just, I think, more worried about what we are going to do offensively. Like, I, I agree. I think it's Shuck. I think it's going to be Shuck. I think that's your... You got to ride the hand. We've said it before. You know, whether you like them or you hate them, you have to ride the hand that keep, that's getting you the wins. So, Shuck's getting you the wins. Um, You know, does that consist... Well, I'm not... We, I lost my guy, so I got to pick a new team now. My team my team left. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think that you have to ride the hot hand here. Okay. Does that consistency... Does that consistency, oh my God, Albie, does that consistency finally get us the Texas Tech team that we had wanted all season long? Is this that, is this, are we about, like, do we have that consistency where we can go out there, play average to above average defense, and then play stellar offense? It's like dream Texas Tech team that everybody has been thinking about for the past 12, 15 years. Do we finally find it with a little bit of consistency at quarterback? So to your point, I'm going to bring up some numbers here. All right. So since that game where they beat seventh rank Kentucky holding to 19 points, they've given up 28 points to Vanderbilt, 34 points to Auburn, 
45 points to LSU in a losing effort, 28 points to A&M, 30 points to Alabama, 42 points to Arkansas, 24 points to Mississippi State. So outside of the Mississippi State one, every other situation has been bad. You give up 28 points to Vanderbilt, that's bad. I don't care if you won the game or not. That's bad. So you're right in that the defense really doesn't scare me. And let me tell you something. If you get shot cooking, you, you're going to be scared. And this is a defense that can get shut cooking. And as dynamic as we were just talking about Lane Kiffin's offense being, Dart's been kind of mid at times. Judkins has been great. Judkins has been fantastic. He's going to be awesome. Dart's been kind of mid at times. So if this turns into a shootout, let's see. How many shootouts have they won? They beat Tulsa mm. 35 to 27. And they beat Auburn 48 to 34. And they've lost every other shootout. Every other game where yeah. the final score was over 50, um, they, they've lost, right? Or over over 60, they've lost. And so it's the ugly version of Texas Tech. It really yeah, is. Yeah. And so, like, in a shootout, it goes into our favor. Funny enough, I don't want him against Lane Kiffin. You're like, that can't be the case. That it seems to be the case for them. And so, um, and we, I think we have the personnel to go into a shootout. I really do. Now, Ethan Card, another transfer out, is a loss. Right, I'm not. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it and act like it's not a loss. It is a loss, um, but it also gives us an opportunity to see what other guys can do. Right, what right? Monroe Mills, you back in it, baby. What can you do? What can Dennis Wilburn do? Right, and and what can we get going? So, um, I, it's it's going to be interesting to really see what this offense can produce because we do have. I think just as dangerous Judkins and Evans is our running game can really gash them too. Right, our running game can get get some stuff going too. But I think the main thing that offense is gonna have to worry about on the on the Ole Miss side is what are we gonna do with Troy Brown? Because Troy Brown, that linebacker, is a, he's a bad boy. Ninety one tackles on the season. Um, he's possibly maybe playing in his final game of his career. Um, again, I don't know how COVID years work, but he might be playing in his final game of his career. He's this is a game that he's gonna want to show put on tape and say, hey, NFL guys, look at me. Look what I can do. Right. So he's definitely gonna be a guy to keep to be on the lookout for. Um, another guy to be on the lookout for is Tavius Robinson, six sacks on the season, right? A beast off the edge, a really good player, and a guy that's going to be there for you. And then A.J. Finley, right? That's safety. He has two interceptions on the season. But just as much as we've had problems turning the ball over, let me tell you something. Ole Miss ain't much better. Ole Miss ain't much better. Now, I will say they force some fumbles. Now, I, I'll say this. They're, they're not much better at getting interceptions, but they are really good at forcing fumbles. Right? So I do take that back. They On the season, they have – uh, 10 forced fumbles or fumble recoveries on the season with one of them going for a touchdown. So this is a team that they're going to be punching at the ball, ripping at the ball. But when it comes to the interception side, not so much. Not so much. And that does play in our favor. And I do like that you bring that up. Um, this is not just a one-sided affair. Like Texas Tech uh, people, uh, offensive players, especially for Texas Tech, are not looking at this. I mean, are not the only ones looking at this. There's an opportunity to shine, right? Because we talked about, you know, Patrick getting this opportunity against LSU. That's when people really started to pick him up. Um, Ole Miss, defensively, like you've had a struggle of a year and you're going against uh, you're going against a team like Texas Tech that is known to put up points. And that whether it's true or not, like that's the narrative, right? These Big 12 teams know how to score. Like these are, these are Big 12 teams know how to score. And the same thing's being said about Ole Miss. They know how to play defense. It's an SEC thing. Um, they know how to play defense. Texas Tech knows how to score. So you basically flip the narrative for like the Ole Miss defensive players are going to be thinking, the better that I do, the more, like the more, Things I put on the board for my team, for myself, is like scouts are going to see that and be like, dang, this person, um, this person is like shutting down Texas Tech star receiver or like they are like decimating a run game. Whatever it is, it's you X person is 
fighting against a premier offensive team. Um, and so, hell yeah, dude. Like these, these Ole Miss players are going to definitely know that narrative. They're going to see that as an opportunity to kind of boost their stock if they're looking to play at the next level, which a lot of SEC players are pretty much presuming that they will. So absolutely. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, and I, I do... I shudder at the idea of a shootout, but you are right. I think when it comes down to it, and this will lead into my prediction uh, when we get to it, but like I, I think that Texas Tech does have the beef. Um, we have the weight. We have the roster depth um, and, and the kind of grit this time, this season to get into those in-game scenarios and draw up the right play, draw up the right, you know, have that right motivation at the end to pull it out. Truly so. And it's just kind of a weird place to be, honestly. I don't feel... It doesn't feel right. I don't. It's not sitting right right now. But maybe we get into year three or four of Coach McGuire. It'll be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more easy going down. But right now, I'm still kind of. I'm not sure, man. <laughs> so, all right. So let's get into it. Actually, let's get into our prize picks prediction here for the 2023 or 2022. Sorry, Texas Bowl, right in Houston, Texas. Shout out to the H. Um, Texas Tech Red Raiders against the Ole Miss Rebels. So make sure to go to Prize Picks. Get 50% off of your first bet. Or actually, no, or sorry, get hundred up to $100 match. Sorry, 50% off. I'm so used to that. Up to $100 match using our promo code TAKES or TORTILLAS12. That's TORTILLAS, plural, one, two. Um, and you get up to $100 match on prize picks right when you get in there. So, Jeremy, give me an offensive player that needs to ball out in order for Texas Tech to win. Give me Sir Roderick Thompson. Honestly, I think that um, getting the run game going with Sir Roderick this being like his last hurrah, the last bowl game, the last time he suits up in the scarlet and black, um, been a workhorse for us every game he's been in. I think that the better Sir Roderick Thompson plays, the better this offense performs. Sir Roderick Thompson is a good one, and you low-key stole my pick, so I'm going to pick another one. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's his final game, right? It is his final game. Uh, but here's, here's a guy that something tells me he's due for a good one. That's Duran Bradley. Duran Bradley, towards the end of the year, was starting to feel it, starting to get a little little saucy. I think he kind of he kind of has a launching pad into next season with this game, Duran Bradley, or with the Shuck to Bradley connection. All right, so give me a defensive player that you think should ball out in this game. Mm, defensive player. This is a good one. Uh, I have picked one person way too much this season. Uh, and he's been fantastic. He's climbed up the board. Uh, he's probably one of our, uh, honestly, probably one of our better defensive players overall in the season. Uh, but I'm going to give some love to people uh, that I haven't. Uh, Rashad Williams. I think Rashad Williams needs to kind of, th- there is a gap being left by, um, Pearson, there's be there's a gap being left by Reggie Pearson. Let's be real. He's he, we. I mean, I titled him as like the Zach McPherson of this year's team. It's going to be that veteran. He's going to be the consistency. He's going to be able to get this team up and going. He's the captain of that defensive unit. Well, your captain left. Um, so we got to elect a new captain. I think that Rashad Williams offers kind of the most for this team where they are right now. And even though he's not showing up as much on the stats, I think that. He's going to have a really good opportunity here. You can get a lot more playing time uh, come Wednesday night. And I think with his skill set, I think with his ability, I'd like Rayshad Williams to be a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, because we've seen him ball out. You know, we've seen him have really good moments. And so for me, I think if he can lean into that, um, that's that's money. That's money for me. 
So, um, I'm going to go ahead and say again that I haven't, I've, I've refrained from saying for a few weeks because we said it so much early in the season. That's right, Krishan Merriweather. Listen, uh, Krishan Merriweather is playing in his last game, I think. And so, I, I, I this will be the game where he's going to be reminded, reminding everyone just how good he is, right? Zach Evans is probably telling the rest of his teammates, hey, remember last year how Chaja went off against Texas Tech? Yeah, but they do have that linebacker there that popped me a good time. And and he's still out there. And Krishan Merriweather is, he even, I know we haven't said his name much lately in the last few games of the season because we, we said it so many times. He leads the team in tackles. He's, he's incredible. He's amazing. Like, we know what he's capable of. We know what he can do. Krishan Merriweather, I think, has another big game to say, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm him. Don't do me like you did Colin School last year. Draft me. Um, or assign me. UDFA. Either way, I need to play on Sundays. And he's that big. He's that good. One thing I will say with Krishan Merriweather is, is that Ole Miss, a good chance, Krishan, they're going to put him in coverage and say we're going to isolate him and put him out in coverage because teams have done that. That's been his weakness. And, and Krishan's had a month to prepare. I think he I think he surprised some people in this one. So, with that being said, Jeremy, give me the winner and the final score. So, the where's the line at right now? I think it's three and a half Ole Miss. Yep, three and a half for Miss nice. Ole Miss. So, uh, I hate that one. Uh, I think that that's that's uh, <laughs> I don't like it. Um, there is on Odd Shark, we talked about it a couple times this season. On Odd Shark, their prediction scores that Ole Miss wins 41 to 25. I think that is hella disrespectful uh, for so many reasons. Um, boy, they can't score 41 points to save their life this uh, this time of the season. So for me, I, I think that I really like the consistency at quarterback for Texas Tech. I like that we've had a month to prepare. You've seen what happens when we have time to prepare for a team. Um, you know, this team does play more cohesive. I like Joey McGuire being on these guys for a month, right? Motivation, a month of motivation. You got to be kidding me. Um, for me, it's it's Texas Tech, no doubt. Uh, Texas Tech wins. We beat the spread. I think that Texas Tech comes out with a victory. I think that we probably get, uh, what? Probably 30 in the 30 point range and we keep Mississippi uh, we keep Ole Miss to 21 or below I do think it's a, a seven plus a, a touchdown plus advantage uh, for Texas Tech I need a score Jeremy stop beating my math the bush. Is, I was trying to do math in my head but it was get, it was getting hard um I think that well you know so like give me three tutties and then maybe two field goals uh what is that That's 27. That's 20. This is, oh, man, I can't do math. Uh, give me four tutties then. So 30, 30, you got it. Four, four touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> that's 30. That's 34, 34, Jeremy. And then and 37. Other fans are, 30. other fans are listening to this and they're like, that, that man is, it was in graduate, is it in graduate school? Four <laughs> history. I read. Uh, the rumors, the are, rumors true. are true. He's an idiot. Uh, 37 21, Texas. <laughs> 37 21. Yes, Damn. Zam, Zaddy. Um, last year, Texas Tech, or not last year. But, anyways, I, I, I was going to go on something else. So, Jeremy says it's 37 21 in Texas Tech's favor. Well, I, I don't know anybody that's going to predict it. That'd be a, a win for Texas Tech Raiders. So, Ole Miss running Rebels started the season off 7-0. 7-0. They were, they were highly ranked. They had game day, was in the Grove. It was a whole thing. Uh, since then, they've lost 
four of their last five games. I want to tell you a story, Jeremy, about a team that uh, had a similar oh, so situation. Does it sound familiar? They, <laughs> it, 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 it had a similar situation. They started off the season 7-0. It was great. They were ranked. They were ranked 10th in the nation. Um, and then they lost five straight games, a close loss to 17th-ranked Oklahoma, and then they had another loss, and it just kept piling up, piling up. Um, finally, at the end of the season, losing to their in-state rival, and all was lost. All hope was lost in in, on, in that program. Until they had a month to prepare for a game, a game that they were playing a team that they were, they people didn't think they beat, um, that I'm sure somebody predicted that they would lose 37-21, and instead, they beat that team 37-23. You know who that team was, Jeremy? The 2013 Texas Tech Red Raiders, right? And guess what, Jeremy? I'm predicting the same thing to happen, but this time on the other side of things. I think Ole Miss is going to win oh. this game. Um, because I, Ole Miss has a month. They're good. They're good. They've got a kind of a slide. Jackson Dart's kind of got a slide. It's it's This is SEC year this year was really good as well. Um, but they've had a month to prepare. Lane Kiffin's had a month to prepare. And I think I do agree with everything we've said this episode with the defense and how mid they low-key are. Um, but all it needs is the passing game to get get mm, to get yeah. going. Reggie Pearson's a big loss. Uh, Kobe Miner, who ideally would have been his backup, also transferred, right? So we have Tyler Owens kind of filling in the spot. We're now thin in the secondary, which we really haven't been all season. And... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a little worried about Lane Kevin giving a month to prepare. It, it's also not going to be as big a Texas Tech advantage as some fans mm. think it will be. Ole Miss yeah, will, will travel. They will travel. And, and even if it's 55 Texas Tech, 45 Ole Miss, it's still going to be loud. They're also drunk, right? So they're going to be drunkards versus drunkards, like you were saying, J- Jeremy. And so I don't really think it's going to be a home field advantage. I think it's going to be very loud for both sides. And, um... Yeah, I think Ole Miss is going to do it. I think it's going to be very similar, actually, to the Texas Tech-LSU game, uh, where LSU, though though the game wasn't a blowout, Texas Tech kept it close, um, but LSU was just, the whole game looked like the better team, and I think that ends up happening, except for the fourth quarter, where LSU kind of ran away and yeah, made it look like a blowout. blowout then, yeah. But um, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, give, give me. Texas Tech beat Arizona State in 2013, 37-23. Tw- I think Ole Miss be second sex in this game, oh, 37 Lord, or 23. Mercy. I'm actually, fl- yeah, I think it's a two tidy, two touchdown difference. I think Ole Miss we, is going to win the game. Have we ever had such a disparity um, in our prediction this season? I think this is the first time we've just been like, so. you know what? The opposite. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, you know, I, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm probably, we're both probably wrong that it would be blowouts. I think it'll actually, there's a really good shot it's going to be a close game. And even the, my 37-23 prediction is not me predicting a blowout. Actually, I think what's going to happen is I think it's going to be a close game throughout. And Ole Miss is just going to, Ole Miss, while up a touchdown, will score another touchdown to seal the victory. Right? So I still think it's going to be a close, yeah, I still think it's going to be a close game. But I'm going to go ahead and say that Ole Miss wins the game f- kind of comfortably. Um, riding out, not it's not going to be embarrassing. Tech players are still going to be able to ball out, but you gave you gave Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss a month to prepare. I'm gonna okay. give it to him. Well, we will see. What an exciting! Yeah. This is exciting. We will see. Yeah, we'll see. This year, I feel like as a pod, we've agreed we have, way too much. It's time to cut the crap. <laughs> this year, we've agreed way too much. It's time to cut it. Yeah, it's kind of have to cut the BS. All right, we hate each other. No, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just joking. But um, but yeah, but either way, it'll be an exciting time. Tailgates galore. 
I'm excited. Um, this will be the first. I'm not going to be in Houston for this one, so I'm pretty sad about it. Um, I usually, if Texas Tech plays in Houston, I'm usually there. Uh, but this year, I will not be. So, um, yeah, so pretty sad. But everybody go out to tailgates. I think there is a, a Gambling Gauchos and Ramblin' Raiders has a tailgate. So that'll be interesting to see which one people want to go to and pay money for. Um, that'll that'll be the fun. That'll be exciting to see. Um, so shout out, to all, shout out to all my brothers and them that are going to be out tailgating, getting drunk, you know, be hospitable, all that jazz. Jeremy, I, think that's I what cannot think of a better narrative um, for – the whole Mike Leach, uh, this whole Mike Leach epic than for Mike Leach's, you know, final year to be, you beat Mississippi in the Egg Bowl and then your old school gets to beat Mississippi yet once again. So let's go out. Let's get a win for Mike Leach. They've got the pirate flag stickers on the back of the helmet. Uh, let's, this is just storybook. So let's, uh, let's end it better than the Friday Night Lights movie ended. Apparently, Jeremy, they're going to go with a red out for that the game. That is interesting. By the way. So it's going to be red, red, red jerseys, red pants, oh, and the black helmet. So not a full red out, but um, uh, so that should be interesting. Also, Texas Tech won the battle of the rodeo between the two oh. teams. So that is, you know, Mississippi people rodeo. That's a thing. Yeah. Didn't LSU win it when we played them? I think <laughs> LSU won it when we played them. Actually, I, I th- hey, think they did. There it is, right there. <laughs> There it is. There it is. I, you know, Albie might be wrong. That's the that's the real predictor right there. So so there it is. Also, great recruiting opportunity. We had a very uh, – the oh, uh, we'd be remiss if I ended the pod without doing this, and I know Dylan's going to hate us because we've gone over our time. But um, the highest-rated recruiting class since 2011, um, which actually makes us the second-best recruiting class in Texas Tech history, right? Last time we had a recruiting class this good, I, I put it on it, but a lot of guys that I knew – um, got went to the league like DeAndre Washington, uh, um, Kareem, uh, 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 Grant, right? Dream Grant, all, like all these, uh, Brandon Jackson, um, so many great guys that were on that class and which really ushered in uh, a nice little era and helped King. I mean, it really that team was the team that went and played LSU in the Texas Bowl, so um, bright, bright future, top 25 class, great job for for Joey McGuire and company there with that class. So, um, yeah. So for Jeremy Gillen, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast for Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.